Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The Path Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the Path. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Satisfied? Are you satisfied? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, this message, and, um, you know, we talked about what we'll be talking about, which is what does it mean to be satisfied when contentment meets pleasure? Um, those are two things I don't think that we think about enough uh, in our relationship with God. Um, I think uh, we can look to other things uh, to help us uh, find that contentment and pleasure. And so what we want to do in this series is just look for answers uh, to the question of how do we replace our overworked, overstressed, and overstimulated lifestyle with one that creates space and allows time for our souls to be satisfied in and through our relationship with God. There's a popular book that we're going to be reading through. I highly recommend it uh, because we will not be getting through all of it in this sermon series. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And, and it, he starts off just sharing his own story, his own testimony of of burnout and his pursuit of the American dream, how he went after everything he wanted. And when he got it, he realized he didn't really want that at all. And, uh, um, and so I, I, I want to start off um, today asking you a question. That's why we want you to log on to Menti so that I can que- ask you questions and hear from you and you can tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I want to start off with a question today. If, 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 you're, if your energy level... Um, uh, vibrancy was measured in a gas tank, like your car does, uh, where, where would it be right now in this season of life? It, not not you, you had a bad day today, you know, or uh, whatever. You know, and this, if, you, if you just take a moment to think about this season of life, where would you say your gas tank is? Is it running on fumes? That's below E. That's when you know. you. I'm just hoping I can make it to the gas station because I'm, I'm about to stop, right? Uh, are you sitting on E? You know, sitting on E. Quarter of a tank? About halfway? Three-fourths of a tank? Or I'm full. I just, man, I feel good. No worries. I got it like that. I run on a full tank. Which one are you today? Okay, pretty much... Uh, I see three-fourths halfway in there, quarter of a tank in there. Okay, thank you for your honesty, that 9%, um, 14%. Good, thank you, thank you, thank you. We got uh, over 100 people answering. Thank you, thank you. That is really, really good. Okay, about, yeah, about half and half between a quarter, between half empty and on the other side of full. Okay. Good deal. Thank you so much for answering. Um, you know, last time when I gave you like a self-introduction for this, for this series, we talked about how this is a judgment-free zone, right? And so I, I, I did that on purpose because if it's a judgment-free zone for you, it's got to be a judgment-free zone for me too, right? 
right? Okay, we have grace on one another. I get as much grace as you get, right? We all need it, right? Okay. So I wanted to share a little bit about my story um, and, uh, and just the journey I've been on whew, over the past maybe couple of years. Um, so, you know, I, you may have heard me joke around before about how this building project almost broke me. I've, I've said that before, but I almost broke, I almost broke. Well, I, I kind of did, like, almost break for real. Um, it was tough. It was, uh, I, I remember back in 2021, um, uh, we had been meeting outside all year for the most part, and it was starting to get cold. And um, the sprinkler system project uh, had came to a standstill. We couldn't get... Um, we couldn't get it finished. We couldn't get the project finished uh, with the city, so it'll go to the water source, and, and it looked like we we're going to have to go back to virtual church. That's the last thing I wanted to do. After we had been meeting together, I did not want to go back online, um, and I was struggling with that. Um, we were paying mortgage on a facility that we were not using. That hurts. And I remember... Um, one day, I, I got discouraging news about the progress or, or the lack of progress, um, which honestly, it just seemed like an endless pattern of discouraging news. But I remember laying on my couch and just feeling like I was, I was about to lose it, like I was going to have a breakdown. Like I've never had a panic attack, but I think that's the closest I'd ever gotten. And in that moment, a... Uh, a random pastor friend calls. He was calling about something completely random, but I felt like it was a lifeline. And I said, uh, after I answered his question, I said, hey, you got a few minutes to talk? He said, yes. And I just unloaded on him everything that I was feeling, all my anxiety, my worry, my frustrations um, that had just been piling up. And uh, I was grateful because he was able to talk me off the ledge a little bit. And he was gracious and loving and, and calm as, as a pastor should be. And uh, it, it was helpful. I, I got to talk to Jazz after that and felt even better. Um, so uh, shortly after just kind of being on the edge of, of that breakdown, we had a breakthrough, right? And so uh, the job got done. The certificate of occupancy was served. We had our grand opening in the beginning of 2022. Um, on January 23rd, we had our grand opening. So after being on the edge of a breakdown and experiencing a breakthrough, I knew I needed a break. I needed one. But things started rolling. It was exciting. We were celebrating. It was fun. We had our grand opening, and then we had our kickoff service, and then we had our singles weekend, our housewarming celebration as a church. We appointed elders. We started our engaged leadership development program. We had health fair, and we had medical day, Easter, Mother's Day, breakthrough marriage weekend. It was fun. Generosity Sunday. That's just half the year. That was the end of May, beginning of June. So much momentum, so much excitement. But it was after that that I really started, really started feeling it. Um, I think I felt like, I think in some ways I'm, I'm kind of built for like chaos. I don't know why I thrive like in chaos. 
Like, for example, when the, when, we, when the pandemic hit and everything got shut down that day, when I found out, I went for a run. And then we had uh, Dr. Ida will come in and do a Zoom, and, and we just kept rolling. We changed church into virtual, and I was, like, energized. My wife will tell you, like, I just, like, I just get into that mode where it's like, man, I'm solving problems. I'm fixing issues. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in the zone. But I think what happened is after we got there around summertime last year that I feel like, ah. Man, we made it in the building. We got through this crazy pandemic. We're at a good place as a church. Church is healthy. We're having fun. And um, like, man, I, I, I need a break. And we started talking about um, my wife and I getting some extended time off, somewhat of a sabbatical. What would that look like with our, with our children and where we are in life? And, um, and so we planned a trip uh, to Puerto Rico for our 40th. We're going to get some extended summer break time. And, uh, and then uh, one day, my wife got a random email from uh, Windshape, where we have our marriage retreats. We've had those before. They offer a pastor's R&R retreat, four nights, five days to refresh and renew most of the expenses paid. I think we paid like 150 bucks total for my wife and I to go for four nights and five days, all food, lodging, everything included, programming, everything, Right. And so it, it was the last day to apply. I applied. I got what they needed, and they accepted us. And so we got in uh, to that. So uh, that summer, got some extended time. Like I said, we went on our trip. Got some extended time with God, thinking about, you know, this next decade in my life, you know, the big 4-0. And, uh, and then we got back from the summer trip, and uh, the, uh, this pastor's retreat was in September. So we got back, and I was excited. I was ready to roll our college uh, ministry. We were having a kickoff. Remember, we had a little panel up here. It was fun. We started going. We had our men's retreat. And the retreat for the pastor's retreat was scheduled the Monday after our men's retreat. Felt like the worst time to go away. Felt like the worst time to, 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 to go away. I, I wanted to make the most of the momentum that we got from the men's retreat. It's like, man, this is not the time. We had all these guys there. We had new friends there, family. We want to get in there and help uh, these guys grow in their relationship with God. And then, like, it was like a week later we were going to have, or two weeks later, our women's retreat. So my wife had quite a few on her plate as well. But at the same time, it was the best time to go because I was drained. Uh, on top of that, my niece was just born. My youngest brother, his fiance, they had their baby girl. We went to go visit uh, on the way to the retreat. And so I got to meet baby Riviera for the first time. And that was emotional. Um, here I am on, on this next slide uh, with baby Rivi. Um, man, it was crazy. I, was, I held her and I was weeping because I was holding in my arms the baby of the baby brother I once held in my own arms. And I just couldn't believe it. And then I, I, I've, I've seen how much, like, of a, just how much my brother was growing and changing and maturing in this process. And I was just so grateful that God had uh, put his fiance in his life, his baby girl uh, in his life. There's so much joy and gratitude, good stuff that I was feeling. And so I, that was on the way to the retreat. I share all this. Because I want to help you understand where I was when I finally got to this renew and restore and replenish retreat. This is how I showed up looking. 
<laughs> That's how I showed up. He looks friendly, but it's like, don't mess with him, right? Like, if don't talk to me was a person, it was me. Like, my wife will tell you. I was like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I ain't networking with nobody. I don't want to talk to no pastors. I don't want to talk about church. I don't want to talk about programming or partnerships. I'm good. I got friends. I'm fine. I just want to sleep. And they messed around and told us, you don't have to go to anything. If you just want to sleep and eat, you can do that. I was like, oh, this is really good. I've never had that before. <laughs> I'm like, man, just, that's it. This is amazing. Oh. That night started off with a night of worship, and they, they asked us to write down one goal for our marriage, one goal for our experience with God. This is what I wrote down for our marriage and build our relationship, our friendship in ways that will help us stay together forever. And uh, for our experience with God, I wrote for my soul to be deeply satisfied now and forevermore. I can't remember really where that came from, like the deeply satisfied thing, other than deep down, I knew that I was running on fumes. I was running around just the the endless hurry, the undercurrent of anxiety, the sin I wrestle with. Um, it was, I just realized it's ultimately a fruit of a dissatisfied soul, uh, a soul that hadn't fully learned to, to find contentment and pleasure and, uh, in and through my relationship with God. Just to be real, the, the truth is that at my best, I am serving the Lord from a soul that is strengthened and guided by the Holy Spirit which is usually a result of consistent time experiencing joy and peace in the presence of my Father. But what's also true that at my worst, I'm serving the Lord from a soul that is wearied and guided by the world, which is usually a result of consistent time experiencing anxiety and pressure in the presence of my own unrealistic expectations for myself. So coming into that retreat, I was not at my best. Then I met with Joe. Brother Joe, spiritual director. I had never heard of that before. What is a spiritual director? Uh, but I said, I need it. I need all directions I can get. So sign me up. Um, and uh, I said, hey, I'm willing to try it out. So here's my re- how my retreat went. We got there Monday. Um, had a good night's sleep Monday night. Woke up Tuesday to a text that one of the college students had gotten in a car accident. Totaled his car uh, at like 3 in the morning. Took a nap Tuesday afternoon after lunch. Slept good Tuesday night. Woke up on Wednesday feeling like, ah, I'm back. My energy, energy level was back. I was like, it's back to normal. I'm back. I'm, I'm ready to go home. I can go back, go. I can get back going. I can get back to work. I want to get back to work. And I met with Joe Wednesday afternoon. He asked me how I was doing. I said, all right, man, I don't know you. You don't know me. Here you go. I basically told him everything I, had, I just told you. <laughs> and I finished my story with, what I just told you. But today, I woke up feeling good. I'm back. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to get back to work. 
Then he asked me, if you could measure your energy level like a tank of gas in a car, where would it be? I thought about it and thought about it, and it was crazy. You know when you think something in your head before you even say it, and you think about it and you get come to a realization and it hits you before you even say it? That's what happened. My answer in my head surprised me. I said about halfway, 50%. In that moment, I realized something that explained a lot when it came to not being at my best, that I live my life at my best at 50%. That me waking up that morning feeling like I'm back was only 50%? And then he asked me, when was the last time you felt full? Whoever wrote full on there, I want to talk to you. Because my mind, I was sitting there dumbfounded. My mind started racing. Like, going, you know, you go back to your memories. Like, I'm like, I don't know, like, before kids? Like, <laughs> full? Like, what is full? What does that even look like? What does that feel like? Like, I asked him, like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> full? <laughs> what is full? And then I was so convicted because then I realized the main reason that I want to get back to 50% is that I can go back to work. I mean, I, I was it. I thought about getting full so I can, so I can go back and, and do what I do, not get full so I can enjoy my wife, my family, my friends, to enjoy the many blessings that God has lavished on me. That's, that convicted me. I want to ask you this. How do you experience contentment and pleasure when your main goal is to accomplish? That was deep for me. How do you experience contentment and pleasure when your main goal is to accomplish? Accomplish the next goal, the next promotion, the next item on your to-do list. Because that that list doesn't ever stop. It's like you you cross it off, feels good, but then you add it like three or four more. And then on my to-do list is like save the world, you know? Like, just so I won't forget. You know what I mean? Like, it'll never happen. It's like, create Path Academy. You know what I mean? Like, needless to say, I spent the next day and a half giving myself the freedom to fill up. Just by intentionally experiencing contentment and pleasure. And the result was a satisfied soul. Now, I wish that was the end of the story. It's not. Uh, It's one thing to live satisfied on a refresh and renew and replenish and restore retreat. That's what you're supposed to do. It's another to live satisfied on the front lines. I'm not there yet. I've started my process. I think I'm doing a little better. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. But there's a scripture that came to mind while I was on this retreat. And that's Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Or in the NIV says, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod 
your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. Every, so, every once in a while I read it in Spanish because it has a little bit of a different meaning and different way for me to think about it. And I read that. El Señor es mi pastor. The Lord is my pastor because pastor is a shepherd in Spanish. That's how it translates. So for a pastor in that moment, that meant a lot. I, the Lord is my pastor. And it was crazy because I was sitting there looking at like green pastures and quiet waters. Like the Lord, my pastor, literally did this for me. Like he, he, he made me lie down in green pastures. He, he literally led me to quiet waters. Because that's what he does. That's what the Lord does. He creates time and space so he can refresh, so he can restore, so he can renew, so he can revive our souls. How in touch are you with your soul, the health of your soul, the nourishment of your soul? Does anybody here need a soul revival? If any, is anybody here overstressed, overstimulated, overworked? Who needs a soul revival? Amen. You know, this is uh, this scripture is one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible. And this is why I think that is. I think it's because it describes a spiritual journey that so many of us can relate to. It talks about how he guides us. I, you know, after verse 3, it says he guides me along the right path. So, so we're guided, right, on these paths, on the right path. And that even includes the valley of the shadow of death. Like, that could be the right path. And, and then it says that even then the Lord is with us. And, and then we reach this table that the Lord has prepared for us, but it's in the presence of our enemies. That we can feast and be satisfied even when there's a battle raging around us. And finally, that wherever we go, his goodness and his love follow us. Even when we stray off the right path, we go off the wrong, he's still chasing after us. His love and goodness continues to follow us. But our final resting place is in the house of the Lord. That's where we will dwell. And yet, this kind of story illustration of this journey that so many of us go on starts with rest. A reminder of what Marty Solomon taught us about how our day is set up to start at sundown so that we rest first and then we wake up and go to work. There's a pattern here, a rest that leads to restoration and revival for our souls so that we can go on this journey that God has for us individually, as a family unit, in our mission groups, as a church together. We need to do this. 
Listen, God has some great things in store for us, things that will require sacrifice and big dreams that we'll see happen. And, and along the way, there'll be letdowns and hard times. But he wants us to go on this journey in a way where we can keep up the pace. That it will be healthy for us, right? That's what he wants for us. So this isn't about, oh, you just got to, you know, this is about, yes, we all have a journey with God. And it should be adventurous. It should be amazing. He lets us know that. But he wants us to start with a satisfied soul. And he wants to make sure that this journey that we're on ends with dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Instead of trying to explain to Jesus all the things we did for him. But we, in your name, we drove out demons and we did that and we did this and we worshiped and we did this. And then Jesus saying, but I never knew you. You know, this series is not about trying to convince you to live like this hippie lifestyle, right? Or, or, or sell you on a notion that we can attain this heightened level of enlightenment. Because the fact is, our souls will never be completely satisfied until we're in the presence of the creator of our souls forever. That's just, that's just the reality, right? But this is about doing the best we can while we're here to live a lifestyle that creates space, and allows time for our souls to be satisfied in and through our relationship with God. Which then results in us becoming more like Christ and showing those around us a fuller, healthier, and more dynamic reflection of our Lord. Amen. At home, what are kids seeing? What does our family see about us? When somebody asks you how you're doing, do you respond with, Phew, it's been busy. I can't tell you how many times I say that. It's busy but good. Is that how your life is characterized? Like on your tombstone? Busy but good. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that what we want? That's what we tell everybody we're doing. It's been busy. Good but busy. You know, one of the most countercultural things, one of the most countercultural decisions we can make as Christians is to not sell our souls on the altar of worldly success. That's, that is as counterculture as you can get right now. And the question is not whether Christians should strive for success. That answer is simple. Yes. Obviously, everybody wants to be successful. But the question is, what is success for followers of Jesus? The answer for, for, for us should be different than that of the people in the world that don't follow Jesus. It shouldn't be the same answer. We can get so busy providing for our families that we forget to love our families. Spend time with our families. Enjoy our families. That's why I'm saying this. I mean, we can get so worried about our professional success that we don't even ask God why he has us there in the first place. It's not simply so you can feel better about yourself or now you can feel more secure or you're more popular or you have more clout. It's not because of that or you have more money in your bank account. It's not simply because of that. I'm sorry. Have you asked yourself why God has you in the position he has you professionally? 
It may have something to do with you glorifying him. That even happens at church. We get so busy doing church things that we miss out on the refreshment that worship provides, that fellowship provides, the opportunity to love on somebody and help them guide them on the spiritual journey. That's why when we talked before Easter, I told, I told the group, our pre-service meeting, we can mess up on a lot of things, and I'm totally fine with it. We can fail. Things may not go right in a lot of areas. Let's just not miss out on the opportunity to love people. And that's what we did. What is that for you? Like, what are some things that you allow yourself to mess up on? Because I know we, we're perfectionists. We want everything to be perfect, great, at all times, at all costs, and we want it all now. What are some areas that you say, you know what, if I don't do that great in that, I want to make sure I, I do great in this. Because you probably won't be able to do it all. The next question is, how, how do we make sure we don't sell our souls on the altar of worldly success? Well, we're going to teach you about four practices that are going to help us create space, I'm sorry, create space and allow time for our souls to be satisfied in and through our relationship with God. These four things, number one, silence and solitude. Jazz, Pastor Jazz will come up uh, this Sunday coming up and he'll preach on silence and solitude. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark 6.31, then because so many people were coming and going that they, they did not even have a chance to eat. Anybody been in that place? Man, I got to confess. Since I'm confessing today, I got to confess today. Man, I was ripping and running the other day. <laughs> I hadn't eaten lunch. I got in the car. I had, and I had a call. I was going to talk to Brother Russell. And um, got in the car. <laughs> I feel so bad saying it. I grabbed, I grabbed a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, a cereal bar, a banana, and a cherry Coke. <laughs> what a... The no judgment zone. What? Somebody, I just got judged right. What? Judgment freeze. It was a mini one, though. A mini cherry Coke. It wasn't the whole thing. I confessed to Russell. I'm like, man, I'm working on this thing. I'm even preaching on it. And look where I am today. You know what I'm saying? So that was my lunch. They didn't even have a chance to eat. So Jesus tells them this. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. <laughs> Study that out. The irony is they didn't even really get that, how they were hoping to because of everything that happened. Um, silence and solitude. Number two, Sabbath. Sabbath. Exodus 20, um, verse 8 through 11. Verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Um, you know, this is the long, longest commandment of all the commandments, the Ten Commandments. If the Ten Commandments was a pie chart, uh, this one would take about 30% of the pie chart. Okay? Um, it's the only spiritual discipline that is in the Ten Commandments. Spiritual disciplines, praying, uh, reading your Bible, fasting, Sabbath, like that's the only one that makes it in the Ten Commandments. Uh, Dr. Jackson will be preaching on that for our Health and Wellness Sunday. Yep. And the medical health benefits of Sabbath. Number three, simplicity. Simplicity. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
verse 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we had food and clothing, we will be content with that. Will we? <laughs> and can we at least add shelter on that one? I'm like... No, the Lord is your fortress. Ah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Dr. Patterson will be preaching on simplicity, and he's the king of simple. So this is perfect for him. He's been preaching simplicity as long as I have known him. And then lastly, number four, slowing. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. This is uh, in the middle of the Exodus, and uh, they were, they were uh, being chased down by the Egyptian army. They were stuck at a dead end at the Red Sea, and they started complaining. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. <coughs> still. Still. Still, I don't know about y'all, we have a hard time with that one. People say, people say well, well, you can't expect God just to do stuff. You got to do stuff and he'll bless you along the way. Faith without deeds is dead. We don't have a problem with that, with that deeds part. I have the most problem with him telling me to sit down and wait for me to do something. That's what he promises. You know that he can work even when you ain't. That's a lot of people say, oh, you got to do your part. Yeah, sometimes that's doing nothing. We hate that one. Okay, moving right along. I get to preach on that one. I'll be back for slowing down. Pray for me. So hopefully that will be helpful. As we wrap up right now and we get into our part where we take communion together, let's go ahead and slow down. Let's be still for a few minutes. Let's take a deep breath. We're going to give you a few minutes just to be silent, to pray and worship silently. There you can express your gratitude for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That cracker represents the broken body of Jesus. The juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sin. In that moment, you, maybe you just make a plea for help. Uh, maybe you take note of something that comes to mind that you want to explore at another time, whatever it may be, just take a couple of minutes. This is a little practice to see if you can be still for just a couple of minutes. If you can pay attention to just God, put your phones away. We're going to be done with Menti. And see if you can do that just for a couple of minutes. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> God, thank you so much. Oh, Lord, you are holy. Father, you're righteous and you are worthy of our praise. We come to you today. Um, some of us, because of you, our souls are satisfied and we are on full. Maybe some of us, even our cup is overflowing. God, thank you for that, Lord. Some of us, we're running on fumes right now. Our soul is dissatisfied. We don't know if we can finish off this semester or another day week at work or 
Maybe we're already anxious about going back to work tomorrow, Lord. And some of us may be somewhere in the middle today, Lord God. I don't know, but you know. I pray that you can meet us where we are right now, Father. God, that you'll just teach us. Just teach us, Father, to rely on you, Father, for contentment and pleasure. It's a battle, but we know with you all things are possible. Help us to strengthen this part of our spiritual muscles, Lord God, so that we can finish the race and we can dwell in your house forever. Bless this time of communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.